We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. I was nine years old. I had just finished singing a solo in church, and I was pretty proud of myself for what I had done. My mom put me into singing classes. I was in a choir when I was a little kid called Shades of Sunshine, and I remember dancing and singing And it was something that I enjoyed doing. My mom and dad wanted to support me in learning how to sing and playing the piano and other things like that. And so I had this opportunity to sing at this presentation. Like I said, I was really proud of myself. As people were getting ready to leave, probably half of the room was empty already, but there were still people standing around and talking to each other. I yelled at the top of my lungs, Wasn't I great? My parents were mortified. They grabbed me by the hand and they dragged me out to the car and they put me in the back seat and then they began to lecture me about how inappropriate that was. Now, thinking about being a parent myself and if one of my kids did that, I think I would have been mortified too. And... I don't remember a whole lot about that other than my dad started to talk to me about Elvis Presley and how Elvis Presley was one of the best singers in the world, but there was probably still someone who could sing better than him. I'm not sure why this memory sticks out to me in my mind, but I do remember wanting to get the attention of the people. I think that I wanted some recognition and some praise that I was doing a good job. I mean, like I said, this was one of the first times that I had ever done anything like this in public. And I was pretty confident in myself, and I thought I did a pretty good job, and I wanted some validation from everybody else saying, hey, you did a great job too. And I can also understand why my parents would have been mortified about that. I've thought a lot about the lesson that my dad tried to teach me, which was that there's always going to be someone better than you. And to be honest, that's true. No matter what skill or talent a person has, there probably is somebody else who is able to master that and maybe is better than you. What happens, though, is when we get a belief written on our heart that says that I'm worse than other people or I'm better than other people. Oftentimes when I'm talking about the core beliefs, I refer to them as negative core beliefs because that's usually what gets written on our hearts when the wounds get stirred up. But sometimes we can have positive core beliefs like like I matter, like you matter, and I have value, like you have value. But there can also be core messages that say that I'm better than everybody else or that I'm worse than everybody else. And when those get written on our heart, that really can skew the way that we end up interacting with other people. And there are two shadows of shame in particular that show up 
when we are battling with our worth. But to really look at the, the core belief that says I'm better than someone else, there are two shadows of shame that show up in particular. The first is the politician, and the second is the royal. Now, the politician is a shadow of shame that says you need to be seen as blank. You need to be seen as important. You need to be seen as valuable. You need to be seen as worthy. Whether or not you actually feel worthy or important or valuable, the politician doesn't care about that. The politician really just wants to make sure that you are seen as somebody who has amazing skills so that that enhances your value. It enhances your, it convinces you that you are worth more because you have people who are voting for you or are on your side or are giving you recognition. And if I were to look back, that's probably who was showing up for me as I was standing in the back of the chapel screaming, wasn't I good? It was my politician who was saying, hey, you need to get some validation that you were good. So let's just make sure that we can get as many people looking at me to get the attention. And so I screamed, wasn't I good? That's the, that's the politician. Hey, can't you see me? Can't you see how good I am? In the book finding piece, I share a story about how when I was probably in third grade, so probably around the same time, actually, it's interesting, the school that I went to issued this new plan where you could be caught doing something good. And if you were caught doing something good, you could get a coupon. And then when you got that coupon, you could go to the office and you could get a candy bar or something like that. Well... It was the first day that this new program had been launched, and I happened to be early in at school for some reason, and I saw the principal coming up to the door. And so I hurried and ran to the door, and I opened it up for him, and he said, thank you very much, young man, and he went on into the office. And I thought, well, where is my coupon? I did something really great. Come on, where's my coupon? As I've learned now about the shadows of shame, that was totally the politician. I didn't open the door because it was nice or kind to do. It wasn't the respectful thing to do. It wasn't the helpful thing to do. I opened the door because I was hoping to get a coupon. And that's exactly what a politician does. It, it creates a false sense of altruism. We do kind things for people. We volunteer for different projects or we agree to do things that we're asked to do, not because we really feel like it, not because it's the right thing to do, but because we're hoping that if we do that, it's going to make us look really good and people are going to see our value. Underneath that, though, is the question of whether I have value. Do I actually have value or am I just trying to prove it by doing this kind of behavior? Now, the other shadow of shame that shows up with this I'm better than other people, is the royal. And that is exactly what the message that the royal shares, is the royal says, you are better than everybody else. You are entitled to privilege. You are entitled to special treatment. You are entitled to certain things that other people don't have because you are better than them. A lot of people, when I introduce the royal to them, they deny that they have one. They think, well, I, I really don't have a royal in my life. I got to tell you that you do. It's 
can be very subtle, but this royal can probably cause more damage in the relationships that we have with other people and in the world than probably any of the other five shadows. Because the royal sets you apart from in a very arrogant way. It lifts you above, it elevates you and convinces you that you are more important, that you deserve, that you are entitled to certain things that other people aren't because they have less value. And you can see that throughout the course of history, how groups of people will do that to other groups of people. What's driving that is the royal, which is, it sounds like, why would I be calling that shame? Because as Brene Brown identified, shame is the deep and abiding belief that I'm flawed and defective and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. So if the royal is telling me that I'm better than everybody else, how is that a shadow of shame? Well, as Brene Brown also points out, shame unravels connection faster than anything else. And just like the judge who tells you that you are not good enough and that makes you feel less than other people and that separates you from the ability to connect from other people, the royal tells you that you are better than everybody else, which also can separate you from connecting with valuable, real, authentic connections with other people. And so the politician and the royal play a significant role in this sense of pride, this sense of arrogance that we can carry, which then sets us apart from, rather than giving us an authentic ability to connect with somebody else and to learn what strengths they have, what strengths I have, what weakness they have, what weakness I have, how can we collaborate with each other and how can we work together in order to come closer to solving some of the many issues and problems that we face in the world and in our families and in relationships. You can see how the royal would really cause a problem in a significant other relationship. In a long-term relationship, if one of the people in the relationship continues to listen to the royal and the royal convinces them that they're better than or they deserve, there's a sense of entitlement that then can convey to the other person that they are less than, which then leads them to maybe engage in subservient behaviors as a way of trying to find their value. So I share with this these two shadows of shame because these two are probably the least discussed. Or the, When I introduce the shadows of shame, the very first shadow that people most often recognize is the judge because it's the loudest. But the politician and the royal are very subtle and they do play a role in our lives. So that leads us to the question of the podcast. The question that I get asked a lot of times is how do I get rid of the shadows of shame? I don't want them. I don't want a royal who's telling me that I'm better than everybody else. I don't want a politician who says that I need to be seen as something. I don't want a judge who tells me that I'm not enough. I don't want any of them. How do I make them go away? Well, in the book, we talk a little bit about one of the silly strategies. It it is an effective strategy, but it seems really silly and weird, which is to send the shadows away to go get your favorite dessert as a kid. So for me, one of my favorite desserts was root beer floats. I loved having root beer floats at my grandpa's house. 
So when I noticed that my judge would show up at the beginning and I felt so overwhelmed and I didn't know how to get rid of him, I would tell him to go go get a Rupert float, go have two, go have three. And he would go away for a while and that gave me a reprieve. So it, it is a tool that works, but the shame will always come back. Why? Well, because I have negative core beliefs that are written on my heart. And when these get bumped, when my wounds get bumped and those negative core beliefs light up, well, shame marches out. The shadows of shame march out to try and help me feel less pain. Now, it sounds crazy because when the judge is judging me, that's very painful. When the royal is telling me that I'm better than everybody else, that also can create pain. So it doesn't really work that well. But when you think about the shadows of shame, what they really are trying to do is they're trying to protect me from being rejected, abandoned, betrayed, neglected, all of that. They're trying to protect me. And like I said, they do a really bad job of that, but that's what they're trying to do. So one of the tools that I teach people after they've started to become familiar with the shadows of shame a little bit is to lean into the discomfort and actually express gratitude for the shadow of shame. So it will sound something like this. Thank you, judge, for showing up and telling me that I'm not enough and that I'm not perfect enough. I can see that you are trying to blank. So I had a client today who, who did that with their shadow of shame. I can see that you're trying to prevent me from feeling rejected and abandoned by trying to perfect me. So thank you so much, shame, for trying to prevent me from being hurt. The truth is, I am worthy of love and belonging, even if I'm flawed and even if I make mistakes, I'm worthy. And here are the number of people in my life that love me, even though I have struggles, even though I'm not perfect. These And the, the client listed several individuals. And as they did that, they were able to start to realize, okay, I can see the difference between what the shadow of shame is telling me and what is actually true. So we lean into the discomfort of hearing the shadow and then thanking the shadow for their attempt to try and make me feel better. And then I find an actual effective way to help me feel better. So we can do the same with the politician. Thank you, politician, for trying to tell me that I need to be seen as. I can see that what you're really trying to do is to try and help me get the job or be um, recognized for my 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 talents and abilities. I can see that you're doing that. That's not really going to help me. I'm actually going to feel fake and I'm going to feel less value because it doesn't feel authentic. So what I'm really going to do is I'm going to look inside and see is this this behavior or this talent or this whatever I did something that I actually want to do because it feels right? And I'm going to do it that way. Not because you're telling me I should, but because it feels like the right thing to do. And I'm actually going to find more value in myself when I do that rather than if I'm just trying to people please or trying to get points from somebody else. Or we can use the royal. Thank you so much, royal, for trying to convince me that I'm better than everybody else. I can see that what you're trying to do is help me try and get my needs met in a really unhealthy way. And the consequences of that are I'm, I'm going to end up hurting somebody else. I'm going to end up wounding somebody else in the process, and I don't want to do that. 
because I know how much it hurts to feel rejected or betrayed or abandoned, and I don't want anyone else to feel that way. So I, I appreciate that you're trying to help me get my needs met in a way that helps value and validate the worth of the people around me rather than me trying to elevate myself from other people. So as you have been listening today, can you identify ways in which the politician or the royal may have shown up in your life? How has the royal or the politician affected the relationships that you have with your loved ones? How does it impact the way that you work with your coworkers? How does it impact the way that you interact with friends and just the public in general? Does it change you and are you does it cause you to act less authentically and less connected with your core value if you listen to and follow along with what the Shadows of Shame are teaching. If you found this podcast valuable, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at troy at troyllove.com. You can also send questions my way there. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If we added value to your life, let us know or give us a rating. Before you go, subscribe to the show and get new episodes as soon as they are published. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Amazon best-selling book, The Art of Peace, by going to www.troyllove.com. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.